Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. Good morning. I'm so glad you're here. Today we're going to continue in 1 Peter. And um, I don't know about you, but um, we're going to try to finish up the book in two weeks. So this, uh, this week, next week, and the following week, we're going to do a chapter every single time we're together. Now, I don't know about you, but for me to do a chapter in one sermon, it's almost like parting the Red Sea. Close to it. And so for me, I could do one message with one verse. Sometimes they word. Um, and uh, so especially when you start to do it in such a way when you take verse by verse. I want to talk today about the choice of submission in relationship. The choice of submission in relationship. As you know, we've talked about that this book is written to people going through troubles, trials, and tribulations. Pressures and pains of all sorts. And that's what this book's about. And we can relate to that because as we live life, and how many know this, we go through some pains. We go through some stress. We go through some situations that are difficult and they, and they weigh heavy on the heart. And this is why I think First Peter is so important for all of us if we really grab what the Spirit of God is trying to teach us. It's so important. So we hear about what God has provided. It's, a rem- it's a, kind of like a telling the people to remember what God has done. How many of you sometimes forget what God has done like previously? You know, you, you have a problem and you focus on the problem and you forget everything that God has done. Is there anybody human in the room? Oh, I see a few humans out there. Well, I'm really glad that we're, we're all in the same room, room for, someone say, improvement. And, and so you have this book talking about God's great mercies and talking about God's living hope and all the benefits and blessings that's come to us, and this book is reminding them, don't forget when you're in the pressure. Don't forget when you're having some pain. Don't forget what I've done for you because I'm not done yet. Someone say, I'm not done yet. You see, this is what we got to remember. God is not done with what God's trying to do in you and through you and around you. It's important. So last week, we talked about the priority of submission. And we, we did step. The first step was that we needed to have a personal choice. It's a choice that we have to say, I'm no longer going to uh, do these particular sins that draw me away from God. And I'm going to abstain from those sins, sins that God says stay away from. And we make that personal choice. And then we have a public example where all of a sudden um, we start to live it out. And then we understand, this is the big one, we understand that we have a call to submission. A submission to um, governors, kings, people. And even we talked a little bit about slavery in the Bible and how the difference between what happened in our world, our, our country, and what happened in Bible times and huge difference that took place. People often say the Bible condones it. It condemns it. God actually puts laws so that those pe- people that were under submission, another person's uh, power, were treated properly as they paid off their debts. And this is important for all of us. And then we talked about how we are to treat people 
with respect and honor even when we don't, we don't agree with them. Someone say amen. There's no need, there's no need for people to talk or talk downward, to talk bad, to insult people um, just because they have a different opinion. The world will do that to you, but you do not have to do that to the world. God has told us to go the extra mile, to control our mouth, and to give respect. You can disagree without becoming offenses, offenseful. You can say, I do not agree, I do not believe that. That's my personal choice. I, I respect yours. See, there's nothing wrong with that. We don't have to name call. So we looked last week about submitting ourselves to God, and we talked James 4.7. Does anybody remember what James 4.7 says? Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. There's power in that verse. I want you to memorize that verse, James 4.7. James 4.7. I want you to get that in your heart because the only way you're going to get victory in your life, victory in a problem, victory in a circumstance or a situation is submitting yourself to God. If you do not submit yourself to God, you're going to do it your way and you're going to create more problems every single time. Submit to God. That's it, God. I'm all yours. Then the devil's going to come in as soon as you submit yourself to God. The devil's going to come in like a flood. And you've got to resist the devil and say, no, 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 no. I'm not going that, I'm not going that route. I'm not taking that path, God. Uh, devil, you're defeated. And then God will come in in such a beautiful way in your life. And the devil will flee and peace will reign where his uh, word rules. I want to take us on a first journey today and talk about as you know, we were talking about that we have to be submissive. The one who owned slaves had, the one who was a slave and submissive to someone else had to be submissive. And God talks about that. Talked about how we as God's people need to be submissive to those over us, kings and governors. Now, now the Spirit of God is getting personal. It goes into relationship. And this, is, this portion of Scripture, a lot of people have problems with it. But it's really simple to understand. People complicate it. Let's look at it. First Peter chapter, First Peter chapter three, verse one and two. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husband, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by behavior of their wives. Then they will see the purity and the reverence of their lives. This is this is huge. Look at your neighbor. And say this is huge. You see, God's family, God has given family, God has given everything a structure. Everything has a structure. And God is saying to the wives, this is what I want you to do. I want you wives to be submissive to your husband. And but what does that really mean? Let's look at the definition once again. The definition we talked about last week was when one is submissive, they are humble, they are compliant, they are yielding, yielding to the authority that God has given. 1 Corinthians 11.3 says, But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. I want you someone to say authority. authority. I want someone to say God's structure. God has a structure, created a structure, how things are to operate. And when we operate under the authority, the structure of God, 
we get to see the presence and the peace of God. But when we fight against those things, then we usually bring in more havoc. Ephesians 5, 23 says this, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. I want you to um, listen to this story that I read some time ago. It wasn't really a story. I'm kind of getting confused with two that I was battling with, telling a story or telling a personal conversation. So I got both of them down. I'm going to go with the personal conversation. The personal conversation I had with a missionary one time who was ministering in a Muslim country. And he said, he said this, that, you know, it's a capital offense. It's a capital offense to uh, convert a Muslim to the faith. And then he said, it's also a capital offense in the country that if a Muslim himself turns to Christianity, then his own family will kill him. Now, as they were talking, he said, but you know what causes Muslims to really come to the Lord Jesus Christ? Is that they watch a Christian. They watch their life. They watch what they do. They watch how they operate. They watch their faith. Then they watch how they pray. They watch that when they pray, do they get answers? And then here's the biggie. When they see something miraculous take place. A lot of times Muslims will have a dream of Jesus. And Jesus will communicate. This, this is not uncommon. But when, when people experience a bona fide miracle, an intervention from God Almighty into their life, it changes them. And he says, he said, when they see a believer living it out and they see that this person is really true, it really starts to register because they start to say, I'm seeing a relationship with God. And because they're seeing our relationship with God, it changes their relationship and then it changes lives. It's the same thing here in this portion of Scripture. And believe it or not, believe it or not, the same thing that happens today was happening back then. Many of the women were coming to Jesus Christ. Therefore, these women who came to Jesus Christ were now in a household that now were serving Jesus, but the man wasn't. And so the man had a different way of doing things, a different way of wanting things done, while the woman now is serving Jesus, but this man wants nothing to do with Jesus. You see, once again, it says, wise in the same way, in the same way, be submissive to your husband, so that, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words. Someone say without words. If you don't use words, what are you using? Actions. Because actions speak louder than if you want to bring a change, it's your actions. You know what we always, we always want someone else to do it. Bottom is, it's your actions because your actions are going to produce your result. I was just having a conversation with my wife this morning. I said, I think the, the hottest thing I have as a pastor is when people say to me, this is what I want, but they do nothing about it. It's like a person says, I want a job. I want a job. And I ask them and I ask them and I've had these conversations. Have you gone out and applied to applications? No. Then you don't want a job. I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. I ask them, are you cutting back what you're eating? No. I did something this morning. I did something this morning that I have never done. On a Sunday morning, I did exercises outside in the parking lot. Before service. I've never done that on a Sunday morning. 
You know why? Because inside me, I'm saying, that's it. Talk is cheap. And I talk sometimes too much. So I'm going to try to talk a little less and start doing a little bit more when it comes to my own personal disciplines. So I got myself out of cold weather. It was cold this morning. You know, I don't like discipline, but discipline is the best thing in the world. I'm not, you know. But I did it. You see, so when you're example in the home, when you're an example, who those around you are seeing that, that's exactly what we're talking about. This, they say, listen, I'm, they're not safe. Be submissive to your husband so that he may see something different in you. That he may see Jesus in you. You know, when you love your husband and he don't deserve loving, but you love him anyhow, it changes your husband. When you love your wife and she don't deserve it, it changes your wife. Because that's what Jesus did for us. You see, the Spirit of God was simply saying your actions to speak louder than the words. Be submissive to your husband. And then you can win them over by your actions. Because beliefs need to be seen in behaviors. You can say, I believe, I believe, I believe. But if your behavior is not following it, or you're not struggling to get to a destination, then do you do believe it? When they see the purity, listen to this, the purity and the reverence. You have in your life is going to speak. First Samuel 6 says this, 16 to 7. It says this, Lord does not look at the things that man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord, but the Lord, he looks at your heart. Because the heart is the heart of the matter. It's a matter of the heart. It's so important of the soul, of your attitude. Doing a devotion with a few people talking about Thanksgiving and thankfulness. What an incredible devotion it is. Awesome. Awesome. What a pack. Pack full of application to, to apply so you can become better and be more thankful. Because nobody has the corner of being thankful on that. But to understand God's looking at our heart, that's the matter. That's the big point. Proverbs 31.10 says this, A wife is of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. When you find a wife, you find a good thing. But wife, you have to do your part too. And the husbands will talk, to you, talk about you in a second. <laughs> Proverbs 31.30 30 says this, Charm is deceptive, but beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. This is the beauty about relationship of submission. When submission is there, and submission works on both sides, and we'll talk about that shortly. But right now, the wife is to submit to her husband, especially when the husband is on a whole different track. Sometimes the husbands are just not home. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. But it's so important for the wife to truly do what God has asked her to do. Look at this now. Verse 3 and 4. True beauty of a woman. I love this. This is the part that I love so much. Because you know, girls, ladies, we're always, you're always trying to beautify the outside. You know, I'm not going to have you raise your hand. But it's true, isn't it? Someone say amen. amen. And I'm trying to try to get rid of the wrinkles. Listen, guys, don't say a word. You do the same thing. But try to get rid of the wrinkles. Try to look your best. 
But listen to the beauty, the true beauty of a woman. Then he goes on to say this, your beauty should not come from your outward adornment, such as your braided hair, your wearing of gold jewelry, your fine clothes. Instead, instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which of great worth in God's sight. This is powerful. And I'm going to hopefully change your set, the mindset on what the scriptures really, what you think it's saying versus what God's trying to say. You see, true beauty is on the inside. It's on the inside. But we live in a world that's always looking on the outside. And we're always, and ladies, you fall prey to this more than the men, although the men are right close behind you in our society. But, you know, we think what's on the outside is more important than what's on the inside. And we spend so much money trying to work on the outside, but we do very little to work on the inside. You see, we're always trying to look better instead of be better. And this is where we all have to watch ourselves in the sense of this journey because the outward adornment and the braided hair, and I love braided hair. I love a good hairdo. There's no question about it. I've seen people have such a great hairdo. I said, your hair looks awesome. One time this lady, not lady, it was a girl in class. I was um, actually in school. I was in high school. And this girl had this, oh, her hair smelled beautiful. And I wanted to go up to her and say, gee, your hair smells terrific. And if anybody remembers, there was a shampoo that said, gee, your hair smells terrific. But I didn't want to ask her. So I asked someone to ask someone, hey, what is she using her hair? And you know what she used? Gee, your hair smells terrific. (laughs) True story. I laughed. I said, I should have said it after all. You know, it would have been a great joke. But God's not, God's not saying, don't, don't have a nice hairdo, don't wear nice earrings. God's not saying that the outside is wrong. That's not what he's saying. We have some denominations, you can't do this and you can't do this. You can't have, your dress got to be down here, no earrings. No, that's not what God's saying. That's, that is not biblical. God is not talking about those things are wrong to do. What he's saying is, don't focus on your outside, focus on your inside. And don't let other people tell you how you should feel or how you should look. Because your love, the love for God, if you knew how God loves you and how special you are, you need to shine. I did an experiment with a couple ladies and uh, from a, a video that is out there and it was these research and the research was these two doors and so they had beautiful on the one door and average over the other door but it all went to the same place so if you came into church today and one side said beautiful one side said average but it came into the same foria which door would you go under don't tell me the reality most people in the research and they did it all over the country went through an average door Because that's how they felt about themselves, is average. Can I tell you something? Come on in. God would never call you average. He would call you fearfully and wonderfully made. Vernacular, you're beautiful. Look at your neighbor and say, you're beautiful. Problem is, we listen to our own voice sometimes. And when we listen to our own voice, we miss the voice of God. And God wants you to understand that. So here he's saying... That your beauty should not come from the outward. Your beauty must come from the inward. And this is the beautiful part. If you look here in the portion of scripture, it says this. 
Instead, instead, it should be that inner self, the unfading beauty. Unfading beauty. Think of this. Do you know you can be beautiful your whole lifetime? And it's unfading. Now your outside's going to fail. You know, I know you don't believe this, but I had more hair at one point in my life. I know, I know you say, no. Yeah. I had long hair. Yeah. My dad threatened to cut it all the time. He says, Brian, if you don't cut that hair, I'm going to cut it. But I'm going to cut it while you're sleeping. That's when I went to the barber. Because he would only do one side of my head just so then I, and I know he would. You see, the reality is that this unfading beauty is working on the inside because you are who you are wherever you go. But we look so much on the outside and that's where we have problems. And then it says, you know, you need to have a gentle and quiet spirit. This is not about your personality. A couple of ladies would say to me, I I don't have a quiet and gentle spirit. I'm kind of a little bit loud. This is not about your personality. This is not about personality whatsoever. But people make it like this. Oh, look at me. God likes a quiet, quiet spirit. I don't know if there's ever been a day where I've been quiet. That's what some woman would say. But it's not about your personality. But it's everything to do with your heart and your attitude and your action. How you yield yourself to God. Quiet and gentle and submissive before God's word and God's way so you can do God's work. It's about your heart. Not about personality. Your personality was given to you by God. Every one of you have a personality. But how you respond to God, how you react to God, that's what creates the woman of God. Look at this in verse 5 and 6. Peter gives an example of the past to the ladies. Y'all going to love this. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. So this is how they made themselves beautiful. (laughs) They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. (laughs) You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Could you imagine that? I, 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 husbands just love that. Hey, you know, if you really want to be a good wife, Abraham, his wife, called him master. Hmm. Kind of like the ring of that. <laughs> you see, I, wa- I want you to get this and understand this. That from the very beginning, from the very beginning, if you go back to Genesis, in Genesis 3.16, this is what it says. And to the woman, he said, I will surely put and multiply your pain in childbearing. And I've seen that. I'm sorry about that, ladies, but we'll leave that alone. There is a joke I usually share that, um, that you know, Eve did eat us all out of house and home. Mm, okay. <laughs> I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and you shall, he shall rule over you. That was part of the judgment in the authority that God placed. God was placed in authority how things were going to operate in life. It's not saying rule and master whatsoever. But you come under the respect, under the honor of the one that God has brought into your life. But like I said, ladies, if you don't like what I'm saying, hang on. The men is coming. 
Ephesians 5.22 says, Wives, submit yourself to your husbands as to the Lord. Did you get this? You submit yourself to your husband because you're submitting yourself first to the Lord. And even if your husband frustrates you like crazy. I heard those yeps. I, you know, and, and, and frustrate I think one came from my, my, own, my own life. And, <laughs> and so you frustrate like crazy. Guess what? You love them because you submit yourself unto God's ways, God's word. And you do those things because love covers a multitude of sins, doesn't it? 1 Corinthians 11 says this, verse 3. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ and the head of wife is her, the head of the wife is her husband and the head of Christ is God. I, I want you to get this is that in this precious moment where she said, Master, she was just coming under the lordship of her God and understanding that God had given her a man and she yielded to him because he was leading her. He was listening to God. Get this, men? Listening to God and then he was leading his family. The man was listening to God, obeying what God's word was saying, and then he was leading his family. Man, man of God, you need to listen to God, listen to God, spend time with God so you can lead your family. Your wife wants you to lead as God has called you to lead. This is an important, this is how it works. Watch this now, verse 7. We're going to change the chapter, girls. The husband's call to action. Husband, in the same way, someone say in the same way. So everything we have just said, the man now has to submit himself to God. In the same way, he has to do the same thing. Because we all have to learn this aspect of submission. Upward and outward. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Did anybody catch that? Because I don't remember hearing hindering of prayers for the woman. Because the greater command is to us men, to us husbands. God has a greater command to us. We have a greater responsibility because he has given us responsibility to lead. Not to lead whimperishly, not to lead passively, but to lead, to have a relationship with God and to lead in a direction. That's what God has given to us. And he says, and he says, and if you don't do it right, because you're not right with your wife and because there's afflictions, your prayers will be hindered. That's heavy. That's heavy. Husband is the same way. Be considerate. What does considerate mean? You are thinking about your wife. You are mindful of her heart. You are mindful of her pain. You are mindful of the things that's heavy on her heart. You are considerate. You are thinking of her more than you're thinking of yourself. Because good leaders think of others before themselves. Considerate. Uh, here's another one. Respect them. Respect them. Respect them for who they are, what they give, what they bring into the equation. Because most likely they're going to be different than you. Different is not bad. It's just different. Say it. Different is not bad. It's just different. It's just different. My wife is night and day from me. Night and day. Would you agree with that? And if I could say something bigger than night and day, I would. I can't. 
But I also know, I also know that she has giftings and I am way over here, non-gifted in these areas. And she's very gifted in these areas. And I say, huh, I am not going to fight that. I need those giftings. It probably take me two hours just to get to church. Kept taking the wrong, wrong direction. Kept turning right. Kept turning right. Kept turning right. I found out my blinker was on. Yeah, so she has gifts. And so that's what happens in a relationship. They come with different gifts. And you work together. You're actually stronger. Do you know Adam was not completed until he had a woman? God made the woman to complete Adam. And I'll tell you, man, you'll never be happy if you don't have a good relationship with your wife. You'll never be to the excel or to the point you could be because it's a relationship. Understanding that, he says, it's the weaker vessel. Now listen, the weaker vessel is just simply through creation, how God created you. He created the woman different than he created man. There is male and there is female. This is what God created. Male and female, and both are very different. And we need to get that in our culture. We need to recognize, yes, there are little boys and little girls. There are men and there are women. There's male and there's female. And they're very different, and God created them different. But together, there is strength. But the woman says made a weakness because of just how she's made, how she's formed, how she is designed. I know people say, yeah, well, I, can, I, I know I, some girls can lift more weight than some guys. I know that. You know why? They've trained. You know why the guy can't do it? He's a couch potato. But the real key, the real key here is that, that men, your prayers will be hindered. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. My word is if that's not heart punching, when, I have a, when I'm frustrated with my wife and I just like, I'm all tied and I'm pulling my hair out of my head. Oh. <laughs> you know, I remember... Ephesians, that my responsibility is to love my wife as Christ loved the church. I don't, I don't, I don't have a choice. God has told me how I am to respond. God has told me what I must do. And I want you to understand that this is very, very important. God's design is important for us to under, under, understand. You know, a woman, do you ever hear a, well, I, I know sometimes our culture's changing so much that it's changing so many things. But for the most part, when you'll hear a girl say this, do I look good in this? I haven't heard you say, I love me. I said, love you on the phone, and you didn't say it to me back. You just said, yeah, me too. I don't want me too. I want, I love you. I'm always saying I love you. Can't you see it and engage it first? Why do I always have to say I love you? Why do I have to be the initiator? Hey, man, don't you supposed to be the initiator? Is that not how God created you? Yes. Man is the initiator. The woman is the responder. Get that. The man is the initiator. The woman is the responder. And the woman responds to how she's treated. I remember this story. I love this story. He said this missionary was on this island, and this king had a really not very pretty daughter. I mean, 
She had a golden heart, but she wasn't very pretty. And the king tried to get everybody on the island to marry his daughter, but nobody wanted to marry the daughter. But a missionary came. And the missionary started working on the field with his daughter. And they, found, they fell madly in love. And so the missionary went up to the king to see what the diary was. And he said, well, I know my, wife, I know my daughter is not very attractive compared to some of the women on this island. And so give me two cows. I think she's worth 10 cows, but just give me two cows. So the missionary thought he was getting a bargain. He got two cows, gave two cows for the diary. He got, and he got the woman. They had a marriage. They were on the island for a little while. And then they left the island for about five years. After five years, they came back to the island, the missionary and his wife. And all of a sudden, she got off the plane. And the king couldn't believe his eyes. He could hardly recognize his daughter. He was just shocked. She was beautiful. She was one of those beautiful women on, on the whole island. He went up to the missionary not too long, pulled him aside and said, what happened to my daughter? I knew what she looked like before, but what happened to her? He says, well, king, I know I only gave you two cows for her. And you said she was worth 10 and I thought she was worth 10. I would have gave you 10 because I deeply love your daughter. But what I decided to do is even though I only gave you two cows, I treated her like she was a 10 cow diary. And because of that, she now shines like she shines today because her confidence now is she knows whom she belongs to and who she is. And she shines because of the love that was in her already. It's how we treat our wives and husbands. How you treat your wives and wives, how you treat your husband determine what you have. And husband, if you treat your wife like she's a 10 cow, <laughs> with a 10 cow diary, now, don't tell your wife she's a 10-cow diary after the service. It's an illustration. Okay, don't carry this on. You know, honey, I think you're a 12-cow. It may not be the best thing for you. But nevertheless, if you treat them like they are a diary of a 10-cow, they start to believe it, and you start to see them change, and you start to see something happen. But if you don't treat them like a 10-cow, and you just barely give them a cow... Maybe just give them some milk. And that's it. I guarantee that response from the woman is going to be terrible. It's going to be shut down. The heart gets cold. The heart gets hard. Because she's a responder. But the man is an initiator. That's the important part of all this. Look at 89. Submission. Living in harmony. It says this. Because this is a real important part, living in harmony. Finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate. Be humble. Do not pay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. D did you get all this? This is powerful. How we are to live. How we are to walk in submission to each other. He goes and moves and changes channels here. And then he says, listen, you need to be sympathetic. You need to love your brother. Love the body of Christ. Be compassionate. Be humble. Don't pay back evil. You know what they did to me? You know what I'm going to do to them? It, it, it's, fun. it's terrible to see Christians act like the world. When someone does something wrong to you and you want to give it back. You know what? My husband did this. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to... I'm gonna, Knack the credit card. I'll show him. Really? 
Do you think your relationship's gonna be really good after you max the credit card? Oh, you're gonna have some problems. Oh, yes siree. Because evil wants to do evil. Don't respond that way. All through scripture, he says, when someone does something to you, expand with love. And then, because it frees you. It frees you. I know a little bit about that. It frees you. Look at this. Instructions for living from Psalm 34. I love Psalm 34. Memorize Psalm 34. And this is what happens. Psalm 34 comes in this because it's an instructions for how to live life when you get into difficult and unfair situations. How to submit yourself. And as you submit yourself, you can do this list. Look at this list. It's a beautiful list. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Tell him, someone just say he's on the righteous. His eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. God knows who you are. Look at your neighbor and just remind them. God knows who you are. Just tell them. It's so important. Let's move on. Then it goes on in this portion of Scripture, and it talks about living for Christ in different difficult times. Man, this is a, this is a tough one. But in, while you're in difficult times, and while it's unfair, and while it hurts, God has given us in these few verses how we are to respond once again as we put ourselves under the submission of God. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Did you get that? Even if you are to suffer for what is right, God says you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Put Jesus right at the center. Goes on to say, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason of hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Did you catch that? Did you catch how we are to respond? You cannot Respond with a right attitude if you do not submit to God's way, God's word. If you do not submit yourself in relationship this way, it's because you have not submitted yourself in relationship this way towards God. The reason why we can do something this way and love our neighbor as ourselves is because of God. And we need a hunger. If we ever needed a hunger in our world today, if we ever needed a hunger in our church today, it's now. It's now. It's really now. It's now where we need to press in and really ask God, God, and not go and play church, but be the church, not only in church, but outside, where people need to see something different. Because life is changing, and it's changing but fast, friends. Even if you suffer for some reason, God reminds you, God reminds you, you're going to be blessed. Don't worry. Don't look at the moment. And that's all you see. God's always beyond the moment. God's always beyond the moment. He will help you. The Bible tells us, do not fear. Do not fear. All the time through scripture, do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. But what do we, what do, we go do? 
We fear. We worry. We get all, we lose our joy. Why do we lose our joy? Because we're focusing on the problem. We are not focused on the solution. God wants relationship. Someone say relationship. It's the relationship he wants with you. Why? Because he loves you. It's not what you can do for God. God's more concerned about your relationship with him. Be prepared to give an answer to everyone for the reason of hope that's in you. Man, the closer you get to God, the more hope's going to fly out of you. This is more, this word is more than just four letters. It's more, it's, it's, it's the reason that causes you to have your being. It's a living hope that flows in you. If God is your Savior and you're serving Him, then you should be singing, The joy of the Lord is my strength when it's tough, because I sing it. Is it your strength? If He is, then guess what? Then you can declare and you can start changing the thinking because your thinking paves the road in which we travel. You see, one of the beautiful things is, is your testimony. And when you're preparing to give an answer to somebody, each one of you have a testimony. Each one of you have been tested. Your testimony comes from your test. Let me say that again. Your testimony comes from your test. We don't like tests. I disliked tests when I was going through school. <laughs> Boy, I hate them. I would sweat like profusely. I mean, my Greek class and Hebrew classes, man, after I got out of that class, my shirts were like drenched. Because just on the spot and pressure and memorization, it just, I wasn't, I was looking at the clock while I was in class. Come God, push that hand faster, push that hand faster. And then someone would be talking, oh God, let that jabber jaw keep talking. He's wasting time. He's, keep talking. Oh, ask another question. Hey, yeah, you know. I, I tell you, we really, when we're in the test, in the midst of time, it's hard. But testimony comes. And God gives you a song. God gives you a message. God gives you a story to say. And we need to remember that we can share that testimony with other people who come into our life. No one, no one can discredit what Jesus Christ has done in your life. It's your story. It's your story. It's your victorious story God has given to you. And when we get to heaven, everybody's going to have a victorious story that God come in your life. And when he came in your life, he changed you, transformed your life. Oh! You know, I used to be a rascal. No, that's really true. I used to be a rascal, but God saved me. Some of you may still think I'm a rascal. There might be a little truth to that. You see... God says, respond with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience in all that you do. Because when people are watching what you're doing, they'll start to say, you know what? I know we've been mocking that person. You know, I know we've been making fun of that person. I know we've been taking the ear of that person's tires for about a week now. People will do some terrible things to you. I've had people do some terrible things just to rile me up. But you, here's the key. Never let someone else... Dictate your attitude. Don't let your past experiences dictate your daily attitude. Let's end it with this. The greatest act of submission is found in Jesus Christ. In verse 17 and 22, in this portion of this chapter, it says this. It is better if it is God's will to you that you suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ died for sins once and for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. 
He was put to death in the body and made alive by the Spirit, through whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water, and this was symbolized baptism that now saves you. Also, not the removal of dirt from your body, but the pledge of a good conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into the heavens and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. Get this. Jesus Christ came to earth, submitted himself to the Father's plan. Then, on the third day, he rose again, defeated death, sin, and the grave. Now, all heaven, all angels, all things are submitted to the name above every name. And at that name, every tongue shall confess, every knee shall bow, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And now everything is submitted to him. I want you to understand something. Submission is a part of life that we need to learn the proper stages or the proper authority that God has given and submit ourselves not kind of carry this idea like, I don't need to listen to you. Why should I listen to you? Then we throw out a bunch of names. Then we insult people. Yeah, whenever you insult people, you're always going to make that relationship better. I want you to understand something, is that the choice of submission in relationship, in First Peter, it talks about every level that we can have and we can mock or we can live an example by the way we speak by the way we act if you don't like something there's nothing wrong and you communicate in it in the right way to the right people did you hear what i said in the right way to the right people for, for a believer in jesus christ to communicate it to someone who cannot change the situation to communicate it in the wrong way and use words that do not lift up and do not follow Ephesians 4.29, where it says, let um, all, all the words that come out of our mouth should lift up. This is what we need to do. Let no unwholesome words come out of your mouth, only which is good and edifying to the hearer. You see, we, it's not about disagreeing. It's understanding that we go on the submission. I have a lot of problem with a lot of things that's happened in this world. But I'll treat everybody with respect. I will submit myself to leadership I will communicate with leadership in the right way when I have an opportunity to do so. So that I will be help, I can help bring changes in the right direction. See, it's all how we honor and how we respect. And if we want a better relationship with our spouses, then we have to follow the word. We have to apologize for the things that we played part in. We have to take ownership, not put the blame game, but ownership. Someone say, own it. Because you gotta own it to grow from it. Stand to your feet. I don't know about you online, but one of the greatest things, if you have not done yet, it was to put Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here today and Jesus is not your Savior. One of the greatest things is when you submit yourself and you say, God, I'm yours. I believe you died on the cross. I believe that you came and you came to set me free from my sin so that when I die one day, I can know your glory. I can know your presence. I can know that I am your child. And this day, someone say this day. This day, 
marks the day that I surrender my heart and my life to you. And maybe you're online, you're watching this, and maybe you're going through some situations and some circumstances, and things are not going very well. And they're hard. Can I tell you? This day is a new day that you need to put Jesus Christ into your heart and life. Forgive him. Ask him to forgive you. Forgive those around you. Bring Jesus Christ into your heart. Ask for forgiveness. And he will come in and do a work in you. Let's close our eyes before the Lord. Father, I pray right now, may you draw each one here. Those that need you, those that need some strength, those that need a touch upon their bodies. Father, those online who need you, that need a touch on their body. Father, will you minister to them? And Lord, may they submit to you wholeheartedly, Lord. May husbands and wives learn how to submit to each other, talk to each other, and work things out as they obey your word. And as the husband loves the wife like Christ loved the church. God, help us to have love for our spouses like you had love for your church that you died for it. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give God some praise in the house of the Lord. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, You can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 1030 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.